Film reviews and movie news with Stuart Pink and Mark Searby. Yes, it is. It's film reviews and movie news with me, Stuart Pink, and his full name is Marcus Decimus Searby, commander of the armies of the North, blah, blah, blah. But his friends call him Mark Searby. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> nice of you to let us use your, your shortened Thank name. Thank you. There. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. How oh, are you? Did you I'm, get your vengeance? Ah, oh, not in this life. <laughs> but I will have it in next. Listen, don't next. don't be trying to quote, quote Gladiator at me, mate. I know all of those lines. One of the greatest films ever made. That is Swords and Sandals oh, Wides. Um, Swords and Sandals. They're the best sandals. They are. They are. Absolutely. They are. And then what I do, what I like to do is when I've got my sandals on, I've got my sword. I like to walk through tall cornfields. Just putting my yes. hands through it. I like to do that. That's my favourite thing. A little bit of gusting wind. Yeah, a little like, bit of gusting wind right as well. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, every so often I like to see people, I go, are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? <laughs> I like to do that. Um, yeah. I like to see the ghost of Oliver Reed as well. That's a bit weird. Um, yeah, that's, but, that's a little trippy when it happens. Yeah, uh, but hey, it all works out well in the end, I think. It all works yeah. well in the end. Or does it? No spoilers. I mean, the, the you yeah. know the film is over twenty years old. You realise that twenty years long as well. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> it could be longer. It's no problem. But yeah, that but film like every is time I've put it on, over. I'm like, twenty years old. Yeah, See, no. I know. It's just sinking in now. That is, oh my God. Yeah. My God, I feel old now. Uh, yeah, I know exactly. That's the thing. What? Yeah, what? I remember buying it on VHS. VHS. Yeah, I must have bought it on VHS the Whoa. day it came out in Romford. I saw it out and I was like, oh, oh, I think I'd seen it in the cinema three times already. I was like, oh, I'm getting it. It's amazing. <laughs> day of release. So now, I, so I basically, I saw it in the cinema. I bought it on VHS. I bought it on DVD. I bought it on Blu-ray. I saw it in the cinema again. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> There we go. Classic stuff. Classic indeed. Stuff. Indeed. Still, with, with you know, some... look, some of these films that we're talking about today could stand the test of time. They could stand 20 years. It could be. I've got a strong feeling the last one will will be involved <laughs> sandals and swords. <laughs> well, shall we come to that last, though? Um, we'll do that last, yes. Let, what we got first? Well, let's start with something that I do think will last 20 years or more because the stage show is still doing very well. Um, granted, it's only been going several years, I believe. So we're we're going to be talking about Everybody's talking about Jamie. Oh, everybody's talking about Jamie. Everybody is talking about Jamie. So obviously this is based on the hugely successful stage show, which in turn was based on a true story of a teenager in Yorkshire who finally found his calling. Now, obviously me and you have spoken about films that uh, have made the leap from stage to screen or vice versa. You know, um, you think about Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Uh, that was one of those that we spoke about. Oh, yeah, that's recent. It's such a huge, daunting task to put a stage production on the big screen and make it feel bigger yeah. outside of its settings. However, everybody's talking about J Jamie does it, I think, with so much ease and style and a lot of grace as well that you kind of, I was watching it thinking, how have others failed? But then that I think that's the great thing about this film is that it doesn't use huge sets or loads and loads of locations. And that works in the film's favours because it keeps it very small and intimate. So it keeps it in the suburb of Sheffield. But in reality, it could be any street 
in any city anywhere around the world. It's, it's you know, mm. so just the way the setting plays a part makes the film feel something quite special. Then you have this coming of age, coming out storyline that, you know, we've seen it before. Okay, we've seen this type of story before. You know, a young person discovers who they are, comes out in a big way. It's here. It's done with so much enthusiasm and joy and happiness that you really can't help but shed happy tears along the way. You know, it's mm. it's just so wonderful, so joyous. That's the thing. You know, the the. It's so joyous, even in the face of Jamie being ostracized by his dad and being bullied at school and being looked at weirdly by people who don't know. It doesn't matter because the film is so uplifting and Jamie pulls it all off um, and makes it all just so enjoyable. And the thing is, you know, part of the reason this works is because of Max Harwood's performance as Jamie. Um, You know, it's cliche to say this. But I'm going to say it anyway. A star is born here. Nice. Really. I mean, really. You know, this is his feature film debut. He is outstanding in this role. I mean, there are some Hollywood actors who would never get anywhere near this level of acting brilliance and emotional range that uh, Max Harwood brings. The entire film really rests on his shoulders. Let's be honest here, you know, and it can go one of two ways. It's all about Jamie. Exactly. It is all about Jamie. And I think that's the worrying thing is that, you know, you could have somebody who just, because they are the star, suddenly it gets to them and they yeah. fall apart and it, but that doesn't happen here i mean i was blown away by this performance i really was it, it's a genuine show stopping performance yeah. and as i said Fantastic. first ever acting debut on screen for max harwood and it's absolutely brilliant it really is um has he been involved in the show before do i don't know i i honestly don't know people yeah. who are probably seen the show might might know I, i'm not really sure on that one uh, i yeah. mean if he hasn't wow even better um but yeah i mean this is this is a performance that will make sure that he always has a role for life i've got to be honest yeah um i've also got to mention richard e grant's performance as the old drag queen who is shunted out to a small clothes shop in outer sheffield (laughs) this is a nice nice touch okay it is i agree i mean you know I love the fact that Richard E. Grant hams it up so well here. I think it's fantastic. What I don't think is fantastic is the accent. Not really sure where it's from. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, I have family from Yorkshire, so I'm very much aware of the the different regional dialects in Yorkshire, you know, south and north and everything yeah. in between. Not sure where this is from. It seemed He's a bit gone of a on weird. A bit of a- Accent tour of the UK, is it? Yes, I think so. <laughs> I, I probably the best way to say is don't ask where it's from because, uh, ooh, yikes, really. Um, you know, somewhere, look, somewhere in Yorkshire, in maybe not. I, do you know what? You're right. <laughs> somewhere in Britain is probably better to say. Um, yeah. Look, honestly, it, it's very simple with this. If you like the stage show, you're going to love the film. Um, I, I mean, I haven't seen the stage show. I adored this film. I really did. It's uplifting and funny. It's incredibly truthful. It's very sad at times. It's, but that's what makes it so worthwhile. It's, you know, I, oh, and I haven't mentioned the songs. 
obviously it's a musical. I haven't mentioned songs. Brilliant. Yeah. All of them brilliant. Foot tappers, showstoppers, nice. some nice little downbeat numbers as well. All of them brilliant. I, I didn't find one of them annoying at all or even Which sort a, of oh, that's a bit nice change a musical film exactly there's always one where you go and oh, no, i'm not a big fan of this no, one no no, no all of yeah. these were great <laughs> all of them were fantastic uh Fab. look it's it's simple i love this film i think it's going to be a genuine hit with all ages because you know well all ages and genders i think that's the thing yeah appeals to everybody it, it does and you know pun intended here to be honest with you Stuart is that everybody is talking about Jamie and will be talking about Jamie for a long long time excellent I'm not even going to attempt to top that punnery that was (laughs) pun of a kind yes (laughs) lovely this is out in cinemas this is in cinemas now and it's on Amazon Prime next week excellent and uh, you can enjoy it there what else do we have, Mark? Uh, so we've got a film called Herself, which is in cinemas. This is about Sandra and her two daughters who escape the clutches of her abusive husband. Struggling to get a foot on the housing ladder, she sets out to build her own and in the process rebuilds her own life. Mm. Oh, mm, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, Flat pack house? Well, it kind of is. Do you know what? It kind <laughs> of amazing. is, actually, yeah. Um, yes. Do you know, this is one of those films that the poster... Looks really lovely. You know, she's carrying does, somebody yeah. on the back and they're coming away from the house. It's lovely. Uh, it's a tough film. It's a tough film. It's, okay. you know, I think the thing is when you, when I've obviously just said that synopsis, you kind of think this is going to be a harrowing look at the struggles of abuse. However, I don't think I've seen a film that has so much joy when dealing with such powerful moments i think that's the thing you know here's a, so early on we see sandra beaten by her husband i mean it's an opening that honestly it left me reeling as to how mm. blunt and brutal it really was thankfully sandra survives and takes her two young daughters and escapes from there the film lays bare the economic and social problems that someone in sandra's situation has to deal with every single day now through a bit of friendship slash luck she is offered a plot of land to build her own home. But she's got very little money, but she has a very warm nature. She's got a very kind face. I'll say that. You know, it's yeah. just it's just that she's the type of person people rally around already. Okay. So as yeah. such, she sort of gets this small group of people who basically set out to build her a house from scratch. Wow, it's, it's like DIY I mean, SOS. Exactly. It's even more impressive than that because a lot of these people are not builders. They're just there because they're friends. They want to help Sandra. So they go, well, I'll try and put this in and whatever else. I mean, those scenes of them building the house are really uplifting. I mean, real happy tears type stuff. I mean, there is someone who doesn't... This is someone who really doesn't have anybody apart from who to two daughters and the love of some friends and then you watch them build this house and it's emotional in in yeah. a happy way i think that's the thing um but the film and this is the interesting thing about this film is that it never lets up in still knocking sandra down okay 
Okay. So what, lots of yeah. Struggles. So her ex husband continues to find ways of physically and emotionally torturing her. Uh, Got to say that it just filled me with so much anger that somebody would do this to her. You know, as I said, mm. for all of the beauty and happiness that this film has, it's also filled with anger and hatred, not towards Sandra. That's the thing, but with Sandra and towards her ex-husband and his devious tricks. I mean, you you hate the man with all of your might and you hope and pray that Sandra doesn't let another knock impede her from getting back her life because she's doing so well all the way through it. You know, it's, it's just one of those things. Um, it is a small Irish production, but it has such a big heart. It really does. And, you know, it. I think a lot of that comes from the performance by Claire Dune as Sandra. It's, it's a truly magnificent performance, one that you feel every single up and down. I mean, as I said, you know, happy tears, yeah. sad tears, everything in between. It's, um, you know, I, I think by the end of it, you'll easily have been through the emotional ringer on this film. Um, a roller coaster. It is a roller coaster, absolutely. But it is... It's a roller coaster worth going on because it's a good film. Lovely, excellent. This is obviously a difficult role for for Ian Lloyd Anderson to play as as the, the as the ex husband, the, the yeah. yeah, yeah, I think it's a difficult role for everybody. You know, as I say, Claire Dune, uh, as Sandra, you know, tough role to take on, but yeah. Yeah. really impressive performances. Really impressive, especially her. As I said, you you naturally warm to her. She just has such a kind nature, and you wonder why somebody would be like that to her. Um, but this is a film that obviously is hugely rooted in real life. Um, and there yeah, are millions, there are millions of women going through this situation um, who are unable to break free, unfortunately. And I think this Emotional. film will hit home with a lot of people. I really do. Story. Yeah. yeah it's, 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 as I said, it's, it's a difficult watch. As you said, roller coaster, I think is the right way, but it is well worth seeing. A well-built house of, Emotion. It is um, absolutely, absolutely. That will raise the roof. It, do you know what? Do you know what? I saw this last year with with um, with actually some people in the cinema, and it did. I have to say that there was a lot of emotion flowing in that room when I saw it, more than I kind of expected. I kind of, you know, you kind of get a sense that hey, maybe maybe this will hit, but not that hard. But I have to say that left, and there was a lot of people buzzing about the film. And you don't really get that with with this type of film. I've got to say, you know, an emotional drama. But there was a, came out and there was a lot of talk about it in a good way. In a good way. Brilliant. So this is out on. This is in Amazon cinemas. Original. It is in Cinemars cinemas. Out. Yes, um, I'm sure it will pop up on Amazon at some point. I imagine. Lovely. So you got two more films for us. Um, uh, one's one's a little little. Uh, yeah, I'm going to grab a cushion. Say. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, one is not your favourite genre, is it? The other one, I'm 100% uh, ready to see some sandals and swords. Right. <laughs> we'll do that after this. With Stuart Pink and Mark Searby. Film reviews and movie news. It's film reviews and movie news and still with me, the devil made me do it, it's Mark Searby. <laughs> It's conjured make, up another film for us. It has, absolutely. So DVD and Blu-ray this week, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. This time 
the Warrens investigate a murder that may be linked to de- demonic possession. Uh, obviously, just my kind of thing. Yeah, I know you're not a fan of horror films at all, and this is definitely uh, not for you, is it? Really, let's be <laughs> honest. Um, I don't know. It's probably no. Probably you would not survive. No? You wouldn't okay. survive. You wouldn't survive. I can tell you now. <laughs> you wouldn't survive. I have to say though, me, I love the Conjuring films. Love them. I yes. I think they have the right blend of scares and real life storytelling because, you know, getting the Warrens right on screen was going to be a tricky task because they are real people. That's the thing. Well, they were real people. They sadly passed. Um, But I think Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga get Ed and Lorraine perfectly. And I'm always excited to see where the franchise is going next. However, Mm. I kind of was surprised that this third film it, it moves the Warrens into the 1980s and actually puts them into a courtroom. So in essence, oh. The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It is a courtroom drama. Okay. But fear not, because it's still, got plenty of, it's still got plenty of scares. So yeah. as much as I say to you it's a courtroom drama, don't you start watching it because you'll still find there's too many scares here. Um, <laughs> the story is uh, based on real events, as were the previous Conjuring films. Yet this time it is much more than just an exorcism movie. This is one that brings the court system in America into the storyline. So we have this young man who kills his landlord and the Warrens look to see what could have made him do it. And it turns out that they think he was possessed and they believe that if they bring circumstantial evidence to the courtroom, then they can get him off the murder charge. Now, this was the first time in America's legal system history that demonic possession was used as a reason why. Wow. Blimey. Okay. Yes. This is, so this is based on true story. This is all based on true story. This actually happened. If you stay through the Whoa. credits. Uh, yeah, stay through the credits because it's got some photos there as well. Um, mm. For me, I found that angle fascinating absolutely fascinating you know the idea that somebody could be acquitted of murder due to being possessed really intrigued me and i think the film does a really good job of of honing in on that side of the storyline it also keeps the franchise fresh because it adds that additional element to the usual horror fare that these films normally bring as well so Mm. as i said it's all there yet as i said to you a minute ago fear not there's plenty of scares throughout the film that i mean do yeah there is a brilliant scene early on of of a young man being exercised. Um, there is a lot of stuff about spiritualism as well, about occults, about voodooism. Um, you know, the, the, basically all of this keeps the scariness happening all the way through. So I think, you know, people will question the, the realism of what is actually being shown and told because... The film is based on real events, but this film does a very good job of keeping it grounded in that real life storytelling and also making sure you jump out of your seat, which yeah. is tough. That's tough. You know? It's yeah, a difficult line to tread there. Yeah, it is. So I think this is another cracking entry into the Conjuring franchise, not talking about the spin-offs, uh, the, the main franchise. And, you know, Long may this franchise continue. I've got to be honest, you know, them taking a break and doing them every five or six years or something, still, it seems to bring something fresh to it. So, uh, yep, once again, another great Conjuring film. Um, really impressed with this. Really like it. Excellent. Yeah. So this is the devil's work. You're, you're asking for more. 
Yeah, I am. I am. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, do you know what? Just reminded me, do stay through the credits. You hear the audio of the actual exorcism of the young boy. Oh, wow. The oh, real blimey. one. The real. So the, oh. Warrens, the Warrens recorded it and they play it over the end credits. Wow. No good okay. for you. No good for you. I can al- yeah, I can already feel the fear coming off you. I'm running from this in a while before it's even <laughs> started by the end. You would not have made it to the end of this <laughs> film. No way. So The Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It um, on, on DVD. DVD yeah. and Blu-ray, yes. And they've got a box set out with all of the box they, they have, yeah. They've got a three box set and a five box set because there was two spin-off, two spin-offs, I think. I can't oh, remember well. now. Yeah. yeah, I feel like there's been more than three. Yeah, yeah. Mm. so there we go. So there you go. Not on my Christmas list, but... Um, no, I can imagine not. Maybe yours. The next one's on my Christmas list, though. Is it? Did Okay, so we're going to be talking about The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, um, which is obviously the sequel to The Hitman's Bodyguard. Um, yes, which nice. Y- you liked... I like to the. I've not seen the second one. I've seen no, but you like the first. You like the first. See, definitely. See, I, I remembered virtually nothing about it before going to see this film. Okay, (laughs) I had to look back at my notes, and basically, I I think I'd said, uninspiring buddy comedy, but Salma Hayek is really fun. That was in the first one. Obviously, she only pops up for about ten minutes. So now, clearly. The writers have looked at all of the reviews of the first one and gone, right, we need Salma Hayek in this all the way through, yeah, basically. Got to be back in. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, whereas the character was the only good thing in the first film, now I think the character, Salma Hayek's character, Sonia, has fallen into the trap of being the same type of unfunny, uninteresting central character as Michael and Darius, uh, played by Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson. You know, it's, it's almost like the writers can't properly flesh out full characters for the entire film. They can do cameos, no problem. Um, Frank Grillo gets a really good cameo in this sequel, but putting them all together for the whole of the film creates, I think, another insipid buddy comedy that I think has been done a million times before, a billion times better than this. As I said, it's it's almost as if the writer and director just said to all three actors, just go out there and enjoy yourselves and whatever works, it works, because <laughs> that's how this film plays out. You know, uh, okay. who can yeah, give yeah. the most hurtful remark to other, each other is basically what it is. You know, who can give the biggest digs at another character i mean there's there are times where i found it painful to watch as each character tries to outswear the others i mean i didn't laugh once throughout this film there was a few times i laughed through the first one mainly at salma hayek but it just feels like a movie where it's become hey we can swear so we're gonna swear all the time and we've got samuel l jackson who's very good at swearing and you know swearing's not big or clever it's really not and yeah, well, when you there's other words, yeah, exactly. And when you've got something like this, you just think this is this is just a film about swearing. That's all it is. I mean, the action is pretty lackluster as well. The, 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 you know, they they try and run and jump their way around Edinburgh, and then they go to Rome as well. I, I just found it all rather dull, rather mid level. You know, there's nothing there's nothing to the action, and then th- there's nothing to the storyline either. You know the. The two men have to rescue the woman when, in actual fact, it's the the woman who's the smartest of them all. I mean, you know, not that the film really gives that message anyway. It, it's all been done before and much better. And then I was kind of surprised to find Antonio Banderas, one of my favourite actors of all time, 
play the bad guy. And you know what? I was expecting him to ham it up spectacularly. It was required for the role for yeah. him to just, you know, play it like the bad guy he does in SpongeBob SquarePants, uh, the second movie. It, it, you know, it, he's just woefully under par here, along Aww. with everybody else. That's the thing. I think... I just think it is all to do with an all too basic character development in the script. Like, as I said, just go and do your things. That's it. We've got great actors. Yeah. But you need... Need a script. And you need a good script. You need something really interesting, you, you know, for those actors to be able to do something. And, you know, the fact that even my main man, Antonio Banderas, can't save this film tells you something about it because normally he <laughs> elevates every film by 10%. But this is... This is a, another uninspiring buddy comedy that is completely laugh-free. I just... It's... Do you think this was kind of uh, inspired by, at the end of the first one, um, Roman was just sat there in the, the cafe uh, and stuff's exploding behind him and he goes off on this big monologue and it's all clearly improvised. I wonder if the whole film was like, let's see what happens when we get them on there yeah. and they kind of improv around. Yes. Um, experiment failed in your Yes. Opinion. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. You know, there's only so many people who can improvise through a movie. Uh, I noticed that James McAvoy is going to be improvising through an entire drama movie uh, that he's filming later this year. And I'm like, James McAvoy can do that because he has this kind of range that he's, he has. You know, you've seen him do comedy, but you've seen, seen him do yeah. serious. You're talking about Ryan Reynolds, who really, let's be honest, his shtick is sarcastic comedy and the same with samuel L. jackson samuel hayek very different um but this is you're right this feels very much like they went that ending of the first film works really well let's just do that for the entire second film and it doesn't yeah it works well at the end of a film for about what is it five minutes doesn't work well for however long this film runs for what is it 140 like... something yeah, yeah. you know it's it, it just it just doesn't work doesn't work at all Thought they were going for the John Wick um, Expendables vibe here with uh, Morgan Freeman and well, but do you know here's <laughs> the, the, the thing: cast, yeah. if you're going for the John Wick vibe, it has to be hardcore violence. If you're going for the Expendables, it has to be uh, tongue-in-cheek humor, where it also is tongue-in-cheek action as well. But this isn't. This is comedy with serious action. And, you know, it's been done before. It's been done well before as well. I've said, you know, uh, The Nice Guys, absolutely one of the best buddy oh, comedies we yes. have had in the past 10 years. And it is a crime that we have not had a sequel to that film. So, you know, forget The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Just go and rewatch The Nice Guys with uh, Russell Crowe and Ryan Reynolds. So much better, that film. Fair enough. I'm there. So you're not crying out for The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard's Next door neighbor's no, son, no, it's a, dog. It's a surely, surely the next one would be the hitman's <laughs> wife's bodyguard's wife. I mean, that, that, that's got to be what it is, you know. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I'm not. I'm really not, I'll be honest. Um, I'm keeping my fingers crossed we don't get any more. Just hope the hitman don't come after you now. Oh, <laughs> 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 well, we got to watch our telly box this weekend. Well, do you know... There is one of my favourite films when it came out, and unfortunately nobody saw it because nobody really knew what it was. Um, this is on Sunday, 11pm on BBC Two. It's a film called Sorry to Bother You, and it is about uh, a telemarketer called Cassius Green who discovers he has a magical key to professional success, which is basically he is an African-American who is able to put on the voice of a white man. 
and is able to sell <laughs> to middle America. Okay. 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 Right. Yeah. So, you know, so it's a, it's very much a comedy, but at the same time, it's a film that's talking about race and the idea of how we perceive people based on just their voices as well. Yeah. But it's done in such a hilarious way that you kind of forget that there is this really powerful statement at the center of it as well, you know, about racial discrimination. Um, and the funny thing is, is that the more that Cassius puts on the voice, the more he sells and the more he advances up the power seller's floors, okay, yeah. he is then invited to a party by the guy who runs the company. At the party, he discovers a horrifying truth about the company. I'm not going to say any more, but it is one of the best twists in in filmmaking history I've ever seen. And it had me absolutely crying with laughter. Um, and I finished watching that film thinking, what was going on there? Brilliant. Brilliant. It's, it's a comedy satire that I've always said should be a cult classic and more people should come to it. So now it is on TV, BBC Two, 11pm Sunday night. Sorry to bother you. And trust me, when you see that twist... You're, you're going to be shocked. I was. <laughs> it's brilliant. Nice. It's got oh. a great cast as well. Great Danny cast. Glover, Terry yeah. Crews, Lakeith yeah. Stansfield. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Where, where are Wednesdays on? So BBC Two, 11pm on Sunday night. It's in the planner. Fantastic. Fantastic. And you've got to tell me what you think to the twist. Because it's, it's, it's mad. It's completely mad and brilliant. <laughs> what have we got to uh, watch next week, Mark? So next week... We're going to be talking about Gunpowder Milkshake, which is an all-female, all-action movie. Uh, starring, oh, excellent. Uh, yeah, starring uh, Karen Gillan as well. Uh, yeah. We're then going to be talking about a, a very small British independent film called Rose Plays Julie. It's all about somebody who finds out who her real father is. Uh, it stars Aidan Gillan. And then oh. DVD and Blu-ray. We're going to be talking about Nobody, which is the Bob Odenkirk uh, kind of revenge flick that kind of Liam Neeson does, but Bob Odenkirk has got in on there, basically. So the guy who is in, uh, what is it, Better Call Soul, has gone all Liam Neeson on us. We then oh, cool. have okay. a British film all about horse racing. It's called Dream Horse. Oh. Yeah. Excellent. True story as well. Odds on. Next week then. <laughs> uh. Oh, nice. I like it. Film reviews and movie news. With Stuart Pink and Mark Searby. Thanks for listening to Film Reviews and Movie News. We've been doing this podcast for years now. We've watched hundreds of films and some of them are actually quite good. For even more reviews or to get next week's Film Reviews and Movie News delivered directly to your device, pop along to stuartpink.com forward slash reviews. With Stuart Pink and Mark Searby. Film reviews and movies.